Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of all your people Israel. Well, hey everyone, welcome to church today. Like we've been saying, with no in-person gatherings, we're all at home, so we thought again, why not be together? Welcome to our house. My wife makes this look a lot better than I could ever make it. We are so excited to be with you today. I wanna to ask you this, have you ever experienced the difference between an expectation and the reality? Yeah, well, me too. I've got stories upon stories just like you do from what I expected the Airbnb to be like when I showed up to what I ordered and what actually showed up on my plate. And depending on your experience, maybe that Airbnb was incredible and the meal was terrible. <laughs> we all experience different things and that kind of plays into stuff. Well, we all expected a normal Christmas for 2020 back in January. And well, it wasn't exactly what we expected for better, for worse, what we're in today. Well, the people 2,000 years ago that were waiting and looking for the Messiah, the King, the Chosen One, to rescue them, redeem them, to save them, they all had in mind what the Messiah would look like when He showed up. But guess what? No one, no one had pictured in their mind a baby. The arrival of this baby as Jesus the Messiah was not what was expected as the King. And that's why what happened in our story today is so Shocking. Simeon, as you heard in the scripture reading, goes to the temple prompted by the Holy Spirit, knowing, which is key for us today, the promise that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah. As he enters the temple, imagine what's going on through his head. He's, he's looking, he's wondering, where is everyone? Just like everyone else, he goes, where's the white horse? Where's the warrior? Where's the guy with the crown? Where's the guy overthrowing the Roman soldiers? The Jewish people had been waiting for so long. They had been waiting generation upon generation upon generation. And any record that I could find tells me that Simeon probably didn't know about the angels coming to Mary or to Joseph or to Zechariah or to Elizabeth. So the last word that Simeon knows about from God other than this promise that he's received was from 400 years ago. How do you wait that long? Well, we learn from Simeon. We wait by asking the Holy Spirit to be our guide. That's the only way Simeon walks in and sees a baby in the middle of a temple with a bunch of people walking around and spots the baby and says, that's the Messiah. Only the Holy Spirit can lead you and tell you something that's outside of your expectation, but then you begin to trust that new reality. Remember the promise? Simeon had been promised by God that he wouldn't die before seeing the Messiah. Simeon was like us. He didn't know everything. He didn't know how things would turn out. But what he did know was that God had been faithful in the past. He knew the truth that in God's word that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And therefore, since he had been faithful, he knew that God would keep his promises and remain faithful. See, that's, that's a good word for us. Because of God's faithfulness, 
we can remain faithful in the waiting. I'm gonna say that again. Because of God's faithfulness, we can remain faithful in the waiting. That's why this book, the Bible, is so important for us. It's a lamp unto our feet that lights the path of where we are walking, where God is calling. It's a living word, meaning it comes alive in our lives. It leads us into all truths of who God is. And it's hard to know the truths and promises that it holds when we don't know it. We stand in the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit today. That same spirit that led Simeon into the temple and gave him the eyes to see the Messiah, the king as a baby boy, is with you and is with me. And so we can remain faithful when we don't know what's going on. That's a truth we can hold on to. Well, we are two days outside of Christmas. The tree is still up in our house, probably still up in your house. Leftover dessert and the ham are still in the fridge. Well, maybe not the dessert much, but the ham is. And, and three nights ago at Christmas Eve at our services, we told the story of our King, our Messiah, our Savior, Jesus Christ, leaving his throne on high and coming down near to us as a baby. And I don't know about you, but I just felt sometimes in my past, some years as I've walked through all of this, as I've talked to people, maybe you've had this thought that, that a few nights ago you said yes and amen and thank you, Jesus, that the baby is arrived, the King is here, our Messiah is here. But now a few days later, yeah, the baby's here, but is the baby for you? You know all your stuff. I know all my stuff. How does the baby interact with us? Well, can I point you back to Simeon to tell you that the baby is for you? Remember the promise. Simeon wouldn't die before he saw the Messiah. But let's read what happens in the story. It said this, Moved by the Spirit, he, meaning Simeon, went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do what for him was the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. God. I don't know if you caught it, but when I read this a few days ago, it just blew my mind. Simeon got half the promise. Oh, he saw him. That was the promise, but he also got to hold him. Come on, church. That's a good word for me and for you today. May we not only see our Savior in this season as a baby boy sent to us, but may we also hold him and embrace him and let him hold us. The baby that we celebrated being born three nights ago, that we have waited for and longed for and cried out for is for you and for me to behold. And if God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, and he did that for Simeon, he's desiring to do the same for you and for me today in your waiting, in my waiting. The promise is here and it is true. God isn't simply just letting you close today to let you know the Savior's here. He's calling you close to behold the Savior. So how do we respond? We give God praise just as Simeon did because when you hold the King of Kings in your arms and you're held by the Savior of the world, when His grace is poured out over you like the waters of baptism, silence is no longer an option, but praise erupts from within. We can hold fast. We can remain faithful in our waiting. We can praise God in this season just as Simeon did because all of God's promises are yes and amen. So, behold, the King is here. Behold your Savior. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. 
She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to who all were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Will you pray with me? Oh God, we love you and we praise your name. Our praise is yours forever. Continue to be with us this morning as we sit in your word. Continue to have your spirit just move in us and meet us in the deep places of our hearts where you know that we need to be met. God, we pray. We love you. We love you. We love you. Hi, my name is Angela Reese. I'm one of the pastors at Providence Church. Welcome to my home. It's so nice to have you here this morning. On the day that Joseph and Mary entered the temple with baby Jesus in their arms, there were two faithful people of God there who recognized Jesus and knew that their wait for the Messiah was over. Simeon, who Pierce just told us about, and Anna. Anna's response to meeting Jesus was so similar to Simeon's. She saw him and she immediately gave thanks to God. Like Simeon, she couldn't hold it in. Her praise just burst out of her because she had been waiting a long time for the redemption promised through the Messiah. And there he was. Like Pierce, I read the scripture and I wondered what the people who lived at that time thought they were waiting for, how they envisioned their savior arriving. All the ways they must have imagined being rescued and there in front of them was a baby that couldn't even hold its head up. Surely along with all the gratitude and praise, they wondered how the plan was going to work. I like to know how plans are going to work, right? How this baby was going to save them. Surely they looked at him and saw the years of waiting still ahead of them. We get to this place every year, to the days after Christmas, after we journey together through the season of Advent, remembering the long wait of a weary world for the coming of a Savior. And we pray, come Lord Jesus, as we anticipate his birth. And then he's here and we light the Christ candle and we open presents and we sing happy birthday and we celebrate. And then we get to the next day and we find ourselves still waiting still saying, come, Lord Jesus. Yes, we are a people filled with hope and joy and peace and love and gratitude and praise because we've met this baby Jesus. But we are still looking to the skies as we stand in the middle of a weary world and wait for his return. So what do we do now? It's one of the reasons I love this story about Anna because she's one of the first people to show us what we do after we meet Jesus, but are still waiting for rescue. We don't really know a whole lot about Anna's life. Luke only shares three sentences of it with us, but we know through those three little sentences that she endured hardship, that she walked through some difficult things in life. She was married for only seven years when her husband passed away, and she lived as a widow until she was 84 years old. So we know she's a woman of great age and a woman of great faith with a deep devotion to God. Luke tells us in verse 37 that she never left the temple but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. So unlike Simeon, 
Anna wasn't just visiting the temple the day she met Jesus. She was a woman of God who loved being in the house of God. She was there every day as soon as the sun went up and stayed until the sun went down. I imagine her walking around the temple grounds or maybe sitting in, in solitary places, praying and believing in the promises of God, trusting that God's promises are true. And that can be a really difficult thing. I just want to acknowledge that as someone who has walked through a lot of hard things in life and experienced a lot of pain and loss, trust is really difficult for me. It's, it's a hard place for me to get to with people and with God. But maybe Anna learned, like I did over time, that by clinging to God and experiencing the love of God and the peace of God and the comfort of God, her faith and trust in God deepened. And because she trusted God and believed God to be faithful, even though she endured hardship, she clung to God even more and was even more disciplined in her fasting and prayer. It goes back to what Pierce said, because of God's faithfulness, we can remain faithful. Anna shows us that fasting and prayer help us trust God in the waiting. And how much more of God's faithfulness do we know than Anna did? She didn't have the privilege of knowing Jesus as a man. She didn't get to sit at a table and break bread with him or sit at his feet and listen to him teach. She didn't get to see him perform miracles or know about his compassion and love for all people. She couldn't open her Bible and read about Jesus' path to the cross. She didn't know about the Last Supper or him praying in the garden or being crucified on a cross for us. She didn't sit in the quiet darkness of the night while Jesus' body laid in a tomb. She didn't do the countdown to Easter to celebrate his victory over sin and death. She didn't have any of that. And if you don't know any of that either, if those stories aren't familiar to you, I just want to encourage you to keep coming back. Keep joining us week after week because we have incredible stories to share with you of this man named Jesus who came down from heaven to rescue you and give you abundant life. Anna didn't know the stories. She only knew him as a baby boy. And yet, she recognized him as their long-awaited savior. And in verse 40, we learn that she spoke about him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of, it, of Jerusalem. I love that part of the story. I can close my eyes and picture this 84-year-old prophetess filled with a renewed sense of purpose, moving around the temple grounds, proclaiming truth to all the people she had spent her days praying with. All the people that were hurting, the ones that were sick and in need of healing, the ones anticipating justice. They were all waiting for their savior to rescue them. And here was Anna, not an angel, but still a messenger of God on a mission to tell everyone that would listen about the good news of Jesus, that their rescuer had arrived. It's what we do after we meet Jesus. We share him. We share Jesus while we wait with all who will listen. So as we pack up our Christmas decorations and Advent wreaths this year, my prayer is that we move out of this season with a renewed sense of purpose and mission like Anna after she met baby Jesus. No matter where we are in life, no matter how old we are, because there are still people sitting in darkness that desperately need to know that the hope and light of the world came to save them. 
So may we continue to read our Bibles and talk to God and speak of Jesus in our homes and in our communities and on our social media. And may we commit to proclaiming the truth of Jesus and the faithfulness of God to a hurting world. Amen.